This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to the ninth episode of The Sat Down right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, I'm delighted to be here again. This week I'm joined by the former Rangers, Kilmarnock, MK Dons and Chesterfield man, and Diego Maradona's favourite Scotsman, Peter Levin. Peter, it's a pleasure to welcome you in the show, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. No, thanks for having me. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How was, how was life before COVID kicked off? What was, just talk us uh, what, what you were up to. I was abroad, wasn't I, for two years. <clears throat> Obviously worked in uh, Belarus, uh, went over there. Just wanted to try something different from leaving Kilmarnock. Uh, just open up doors, learn different language, different culture, uh, and obviously did very well. We won the, the club's first ever league title, yeah. uh, qualified for the Champions League. Uh, but no, it was good, good experience, and I really enjoyed it. And what was the kind of big take, big kind of differences in like culture over there? Like how, how different is it in like a place like Belarus to here? Uh, food. food. <laughs> it's, oh, it's difficult, man. Obviously, it's, we're all used to our own a normal Scottish and uh, British food, but going over there and just different completely. Obviously, the menus in different languages to try to translate it. Yeah. Uh, but then just, obviously, I'm a fussy eater. Uh, so it's, I kind of stuck to the kind of, the basic kind of soup on the nose to start with. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> I'm a wee bit more advent- adventurous. Uh, but I found out it done, the Dranaki is called like the, the main dish. Right. But then when I kind of broke it down, it's actually just like, Fried potato and uh, fried onions. I'm thinking, oh, that's enough Scottish. <laughs> nice. And what was the kind of interactions like? We like obviously the, the kind of players that were there. It was like, was it hard? Did you have a translator and things like that? They kind of helped you through it. I was a full time translator. Yep. Uh, some of the boys spoke English, maybe three or four, uh, but majority of them never. But as the as the months got on, I got. Got better to speak the language, you know what I mean? It became easier for me. In football terms, I could I could do a full session in, in Russian, right. but out and about when I was talking about general things and getting into deep conversations, I kind of struggle a lot. But but in football terms, I, I kind of got the basics. Yeah. Okay. And was there a big obviously Barty Borisov were kind of the big team there? I think did they win like eleven leagues in a row? And they know best. Thirteen. Yeah. I think we stopped fourteen in a row. How was that? How was that feeling to kind of end that dominance over there? Uh, it was obviously massive, but it was not even like that. The, the, the club Dynamo Brest had never finished in the top three, really, in the, the history. So to win the league was amazing in its own right. But then to stop obviously a team like Batty, who regular in Champions League and UEFA Cup, obviously recently against Arsenal and Chelsea and stuff, uh, to stop them. By, I think we beat them by six points. Scored more goals, conceded less. So it wasn't just like, a, oh, it was close. We, we kind of kind of blew the league wide open, do you know what I mean? And we only lost one game in, in all competitions that season. Really? So it was it was an incredible run we went on, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, we'll just make a wee start on your kind of early years. Like, just talk us a bit about your family life when you were growing up. Like, where did you grow up? Grew up in Ibrooks. Right. Okay. Uh, grew up my street called Kirkwood Street. Uh, right next door to Bella Houston Primary. Okay. Uh, Stones throw from Ibrox Stadium. Uh, loved it there. Uh, 
Um, my granny lived around the corner. Uh, we obviously went to the stadium, Mybrooks, watching my local team. Uh, and then I moved to Renfrew. Okay. And I was about nine or ten. Moved to Renfrew, stayed in the family home. My dad's still in Renfrew. Loved my time there. Still go back. Uh, and I played with the local team, our local team, Bishopton Boys Club. Okay. I went to Bishopton, played there for a good few. I played. I actually played under tens when I was seven, uh, right. and I think that really helped my development. Uh, and back then, the pitches there was a pitch in. I don't know if you know Bishopton, at the ROF, and there's right. a pitch like that. <laughs> so that was a that was a good experience. Uh, but no, I had, I had a great great upbringing, childhood. Uh, obviously, my uncle played football as well. Yeah. Not a lot. Not that my uncle's Tommy Coyne played with Celtic. Right. Okay. Uh, so. He was he was good with me as well, uh, but no, I had a good upbringing. And what about like kind of early football memories? Obviously, were a Rangers fan. Who were your kind of heroes growing up? Gaza, Gaza, Gaza. Well, Gaza was more obviously when I when I got onto the club, but uh, yeah, I love I just love Gaza. That's that's the one I can really remember growing up as Gaza. Obviously, Koisty as well. Uh, but no, it was at their time. Rangers were flying, weren't they? Yeah. That was the early 90s, yeah. One and everything and, and how the tables have turned. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and what's like, when you're there, like, is there any memories you've got, like games that you just remember going to, like your first Rangers game and things like that? Is there any games that stick in your mind? Uh, I remember the Parma game. Right, okay. It was a Champions League. Uh, and we put, at Rangers, obviously I was at Rangers uh, in the academy. And they used to, I don't know, you know, you know why I go, so there's a pitch across the stadium. Yeah. yeah. And we used to play there before games. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Fans would come and watch and yeah. used to play, play the away strap versus the home strap and play, uh, let the fans see. And it was quite good because the fans get to see, oh, he's a good young player, keep an eye out on him and things. And, and after it, we used to get quickly get changed and run round and do the Champions League flag uh-huh. on the pitch. Yeah. So it was, oh, you're always buzzing and, and, and it used to get a free ticket. And obviously, oh, I don't need a ticket. I've got a season ticket. And it was a proud moment. Do you know what I mean? I'm a fan as well. Do you know what I mean? I was young. I don't need a ticket. Me and my dad have got a season ticket. And just to go and run on the flag, then run back up to your seat. And now oh, they were special times, oh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, growing up at Rangers, a boyhood club. Loved around the corner. So it was it was good for me. Nice. I'd done the star ball as well against the... Uh, Un- remember Bunaria, it was a Cheney. Remember that game? Remember the played yes. them? I'd done that. And it was just, see, just been like looking and just seeing 50,000 folk. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's one of the things that just stick in your mind. But oh, you'll never forget that. Yeah. But, uh, I, so you can, uh, when did you get scouted for Rangers? When, when did they come? Um... When I was at Bishopton. Right. Uh, a family friend, Ian Marshall, his brother worked as a scout, Billy Marshall. Okay. Came in at Bishopton, we were one in like 12 now when I was scoring like six goals. I had a good left foot. Right. And it was... Back then, it was there was no seven aside. You played eleven v eleven. Yeah. Big goals. And my dad used to say, "Just just hit it as high as you can. Just hit it high, and the keepers have got no chance." Aye. And I just shoot for anywhere, even for corners, and I just score. And he always said to me, he "says Yeah, Peter, you're decent ability, but you need to go and challenge yourself." Yeah. And he asked me to go to play for Rangers Supporters Association Boys Club. Okay. And they played against like Celtic North, and they played in the Glasgow League. Yeah. It was harder for me than playing in the Paisley District League. So they asked me to go and play play that for a year and and get that on a different side. I've been playing in Astroturf and no, sorry, Red Ash it was at the time. 
yeah. playing with Dash and a little bit more physical, uh, which I enjoyed it. I made some great friends there that I still keep in contact with. Uh, so that was a move for me there. And then obviously I, I went into the Rangers uh, Academy. What, what year, do you remember what year it was you moved there? Oh, I would have been 11 maybe. 11, 12. Yeah. 11, I don't know what year that is. 37 now. Right. Okay. Uh, so obviously, you're like, was that still up in the Albion? Was that still the Albion? No, Murray Park obviously wasn't built then, is that right? Murray Park wasn't built, no. no. We, we used to train just at the complex across the road. Right. From okay. the Got you. And, and then in full time, we used to train at like Jordan Hill. We used to train at uh, Steps. We used to train all over and get on the minibuses and stuff. Yeah. So what was, so what was that like? Like Obviously, you've... Yeah, in kind of youth days, like, what were they like? Just playing for the, the team you grew up supporting, just who were the kind of who were the kind of coaches helping you through that? We jump on the youth with Jamie, Jim, uh, James Duncan, Billy Duncan, John Chalmers, uh, who were unbelievable, absolutely fantastic. Obviously, John's not with us now, uh, but unbelievable. Just knew the club inside out, and just knew how to. Get you better, but also make you enjoy it at the same time. Yeah. You know, we're training three nights a week, sometimes four, then playing on a Sunday. You just, everybody wanted to be there. Yeah. Give everything. You know what I mean? Even from the staff to the players, they just, it was, it was a fantastic culture we had at the club. And then obviously growing up older age group, I had Bobby Russell, like kind of under 16, so an ex Rangers player, great yeah. player. He was fantastic for me. And then getting at the, the, Professional side, that John Brown at the 18s, and then John McGregor at the 21s. Yeah, Barry Ferguson talks highly about John McGregor and John Brown just installing that winning attitude into him. Did they, did they have that effect on you? Wow, they were. I think that's what's missing now. Do you know what I mean? At the time, you're thinking you would not even answer them back. That's Aye. and it's like a, it's like a discipline thing. And people say, "Oh, it's old school," but wow, it made you work. It made you realise. What you want to be? I think kids nowadays get it too easy, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like, oh, you need to be punish them and run and because there's things I didn't agree with what they did, and I'll go into that a little bit later. But just every day we had to wear shirt and tie. Yeah, every day in Rangers we had to wear shirt and tie. You had to be immaculate. Your hair had to be immaculate, clean shaven. Uh, the boot, everybody's boots had to be done. The change rooms had to be clean. I was on buses. The buses had to be clean inside and outside. It just made you realise if you want to get this, then we need to work hard here. Mm-hmm. And it just installed like a, a work ethic in the group and discipline. Yeah. So what? Like, can I'm just going to touch on kind of nineteen ninety eight? That's when Walter Smith leaves, or that kind of whole team leave, and Dick Advocat comes in. Were you kind of worried at that age with a foreign manager coming in that that youth wouldn't be given a chance? No, I don't, I don't even think of that that time. Obviously, I was I was quite highly rated as a kid. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I had other clubs, Man City and stuff looking at me, but the obviously Rangers are my club and and they spoke highly of me and gave me a, a really good contract to be fair. Uh but no, that didn't bother me. I just worked hard. And when Dick came in, it was it was great for me because he got me involved in the first team. Yeah. And he brought me in and and he, when he left, he actually says, I hope to see you in the first team soon when he left his position at the club. And at sixteen I was involved and I was on the bench and I thought, here we go, this is, this is looking good. Yeah, and we'll touch on, like, obviously, Murray Park gets built and the big, kind of, remember Blue Heaven? 
Yes, yes. Yeah, that was that was kind of the big thing because there was so many players coming through. Like, who were the kind of players in that team that you kind of played alongside? You thought would you thought would do really well? Shuggy, Stevie Hughes was a year yeah. above me. Dobie was a year above me. My year was Chris Buck, uh, Andy Dewey, Daryl Duffy, Alan Hutton was just a year below me. Griggsy was a year above me. Uh, Steve McLean. And then a few older ones like Big Bob and Barry Nicholson and stuff. And but Murray Park was it was great. And I and I see how obviously academies go this way, but I missed iBooks. I miss getting every day. I just felt I don't know, it just felt different. I preferred iBooks. Getting in a shot and tie. There was no shot and tie getting into Murray Park. It was more relaxed. Right, okay. It was I prefer iBooks to setting and everything about it. Was it Advocate that brought that in kind of changing the culture? Like, uh, I think it. I think it would have played a part in that because I think obviously the Dutch were way ahead of the way the British and the academies were built, weren't they? I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have had a part in, in building that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on Blue Heaven. Obviously, like, is that how how much pressure is that when like the whole country's watching your life, your kind of young younger youth days? Like, no many youth players have had that before. Then, like, how hard was that pressure wise for like? your life to be shown to the world, like the the whole of the country, basically? Uh, I found a little bit, not then, but now when I look back, I think I must have been a little bit emotional because people just see me in a cast. Yeah. Do you know, it, was, it was focused on my, my injury. Yeah. Uh, obviously, being in the first team on the bench against Celtic when I was young and uh, being on the bench five, six times and then to have the, uh, a cruciate ligament, meniscus and cartilage uh, done on my knee. And been out for nearly two years, and people watching you in this brace doing rehab, and probably don't know who you are. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be like one of the future stars, to being just like injured and on the treatment table for for nearly two years, it was it was difficult. And did I ever recover from it? No, I don't think I did. Was it was it at hand against? Was it Hibs under nine uh, under nineteen? Was that right? It was Hamden in a game uh, at Dumbarton. I can't remember what team it was, and I felt it again. And I don't know if it was more my head or my hamstring. I don't know what it was, but I'd done something again. And I remember them saying, listen, we're going to play you out on the left. Because obviously I played sitting midfield. Play you on the left. I think I played left back or left mid. Just so I wasn't twisting his turn as much, and I could just get on the ball and just feed my way back in. And then I felt something, and I think I came off, and I remember in the changing room. I think I was nearly in tears, and uh, but I don't think it was as, as bad as I, as I first thought it was. But ever since I, I did my knee, yes, I went on to play League One and Premier League in Scotland, but I, I, I was nowhere near the player that I should have been. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. <laughs> and is it hard like when you see like the players like Chris Buck, Stephen Hughes, they all kind of got onto me? Is it hard to just watch them do it? Are they, are you buzzing for them at the time? Bucky was one of my best mates. Aye. I used to go to Bucky's house and that. We went holiday together and you're happy for them, but you think, oh, that could be me. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, and you can't do anything about it. You just got to try and train in the gym. And I remember John McGregor said to me, you need to stop doing weights because I was getting too big. I was getting too top heavy. And, but it was just frustrating. And I would, I would not wish that on anybody. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you're a young player and you're breaking into the team that, that, that you love. You know what I mean? You've had that taste, you're on the bench and the manager's putting you on the bench with 
I'll never forget him. Old Fum came playing two touch with two guys in the boot room before mm-hmm. Celtic game. Thinking, mm-hmm. wow. You know what I mean, what two guys legend? I'm I'm on the bench in the biggest game in the world. I'm only 16, 17. And then you learn a pre season game against Tranmere, your world collapses. Mm-hmm. And with the and would the older players can offer you like advice, like obviously the kind of Scottish players would have been like Barry Ferguson and things like that. Would they offer you advice? Uh, but Kenny Muller was good with me. Kenny right. Muller was. I remember coming back from a scan at Murray Park, and he went, "How was it, lad?" And I never knew what it was. I said, "I done my cruise shit," and he went, oh, "No." And I never really knew the extent. But I, he must. I'm thinking he must know. Do you know what I mean? He must have heard it before. And I was like. Oh, not much be bad. And then obviously the 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 was not put him in, but the 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 Dutch were great. Honestly, Arthur Newman, what a guy. Yeah, what a guy. Even, I remember one day I was I was an apprenticeship at the time, and uh, I was waiting outside for a taxi outside Ibrox Stadium. He said, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going home." He said, "Where'd you live?" I said, "Near Glasgow Airport." Through, I can't drive you. And I think he loved them both. Right. So he drove me all the way that way to drop me off. You know what I mean? I just think. That was great, the guy. Right. And obviously when Advocat leaves, Alex McLeish takes over, are you kind of getting back to full fitness at that point? I was training. I was training. Uh, I was in, I can't remember where I was, but I, was tra- I know I was training in and out, but nah, I didn't really get the vibe from, from like I didn't, obviously his main priority is first team, yeah. first team players. Uh, I thought I could have maybe came and said hello to me in Hawaii, how's injury, but but he never really said anything to be honest with you. And then the time came, I think it was Paul McCook and said, Listen, you can know the same player anymore and uh you've got this year left, which is like going loan and, and I didn't really know what to do. I'd never any advice. I was just kinda of panicked. I said, No, I'll, I'll just leave. And it's probably the worst decision I've ever did. And were you and is that how it kind of went? Like basically you you made the decision that you were kind of better off leaving. No, I, I was just panicked. Probably I just I was that upset and emotional. He put, he put me in the office and remember it was like a referee's room. He says, "Ah, oh, you know the same player and you're struggling and you've got a year left. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to go on loan or do you, do you want to just leave? We'll get maybe get a settlement. I'll just leave." And that, it was it, there was no like, "Do you want to get advice?" I, I just. I was that angry and I probably said the wrong thing. Yeah. And stubborn and stubborn and and left. And maybe I should have went lower and got fit and proved to them. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. Right. And obviously when you're leaving, like is it how hard is it to leave the club that you you thought it was gonna you obviously thought it was gonna work out, but how hard is it to just leave that that club that you've you've grew up supporting and do do you feel bitterness towards? The club oh, at that point, no chance, man. Yeah. Never club that you that you love and you still support. But yeah. the most important thing is my family. I wanted my my dad's obviously die hard. I want to see him. I want to make him proud. You know what I mean? And my granny. That was the thing that hurt me the most. Even now, I think, wow, I, I could have. You know what I mean? I could have. Even your aunt calls me. Could have been. Right. So, what could be? So it, for me, yes, I've got that. But that should have been played a little higher. But I can't affect that tackle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I could have done more 
rehab or got more advice. I don't know. I don't know. Just the last thing as well. What was it like sitting in the bench in an old firm game? And just sum up that. Terrifying. When you get, when you get told, did you, who told you you were, you were going to go on the bench? It was a few days before the, the, the manager would put the, I didn't come back from training, when squad, squad list will be up in the changing room. And I think I'm getting, getting boots and that. And you don't want to look, you know what I mean? You're picking up the Aye. boots to clean and you're having a wee look. <laughs> on the, on the bench. I know, I'm in the squad. And I remember back then, I think you had to have two 21s on the bench. Yeah, two 21s. Yeah. So I'm, I think I was, I know, I'm counting, right? He's, he's not, he's not, he's not. And I remember I played Fabrice Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, I remember him, yeah. I don't know if he was, he's buffed and he didn't make the bench or what. And I got on the bench and I was like, oh, I'm buzzing. I'm on the bench. And, but we lost, I think we lost to you know, that game. Uh, it was a, I think that was, the kind of, that was the game that kind of won the league for Celtic. But it was, it must just be a crazy feeling just sitting there and just sitting in front never, of that. Never scared. Uh, my uncle actually sent me pictures the other day. He sits behind the dugout. With five rows behind the dugger, and he sent me photos when I was warming up and that on the pitch. It was quite, yeah. it was quite nice. I've never yeah. seen them. Is it so? When you look back on your time at Rangers now, how do you look back on it? Fuck, amazing man! What a club! Obviously, the club you support, grew up, loved around the corner from. Uh, just wish it was different, but that's just life. Do you know what I mean? It's just the way things happen. But we would not have changed it for a moment. Would have, should have went to Man City. No. Could have went somewhere else, no. No. And it was Rangers. It was Rangers. No. And see when the remember the documentary was like, Where are they now? Like, I was hanging I was about five or six years ago. Did you get approached no. for that? I think they did. They they, they they I got an email, but I said no problem, I, I would I would do it, but I don't know if, if did they go ahead with it? I don't know. I went ahead, but I don't I don't know. I, 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 I must I must not be big enough. <laughs> It must have just been. It must have just been crazy. It must have just been a crazy time, like supporting that club and been on the park, playing in what I was things like that. It must just have been a great experience. Honestly, the the, the trips we went on, we went to Bermuda twice. Bermuda twice. <laughs> we went to Australia. We played in some unbelievable tournaments. The, the clothes we used to get Aye. from Nike and Adidas. We used to get Christmas hampers, like our Christmas turkeys. We we. Cheese and all that. Each player from from apprenticeship to the first team. Honestly, what a club! And and I'm sure probably the other side Celtic are probably the same. Yeah. But but from a Rangers fan and being there under so many great managers and players, and I tell you what, some players at that club when I was there never even made it as well. Wow. Who like? Who would? Who like? Who would be the players? Who would? Jimmy Gibson. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Gibson played at Partick. What a player! Yeah. Small, but. Like, do, you know, do you know the one who always sticks out with me was the goalkeeper was it Reedford Callum Reedford he was, really? he, he was a lot younger than me right uh, he was a lot younger than me but again Stephen Doby never right. played played yeah. Premier League in England uh, great, great goal scorer isn't he Stephen Doby Pizzo Pete McDonald yeah uh, some, honestly some great players but at that time the first team were buying Aye, exactly. Exactly. And is that hard? Is that hard when you see like the likes of Tori Andrew Flo, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst coming in? Like, do you see, do you, do the youth players sit and just go, I have no chance here? Is that is that uh, feeling? No, I don't think they spoke about it. No, I don't think they did. But it was good for the club. And if you're at a club like that, 
and see you left Rangers, you, you, you're going to get another club. Yeah. They're, they're, they're playing Champions League. You're leaving a Champions League second team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're bringing these players in. And obviously, I, later on, I, I worked with Tori Andre. We played with him at MP. Aye, well. aye, that's right. Mm-hmm. So he's a nice lad as well. Yeah. You I'd obviously. Say that again? <laughs> I'd be a great lad if I got worth 12 million pounds. Oh, definitely. <laughs> But you move on for Rangers, then you move on to Kilmarnock. Like, how did that move come about? Was there other clubs kind of looking at you? And how did you settle in Kilmarnock? Giranti. Right, okay. Giranti, obviously, we, he's a family friend. Grew up in Kinn Park, not, not far from where I grew up in Ibrox. Uh, called me. He says, what are you doing? I says, nothing. He says, come in. He says, we're training at, uh, on the AstroTurf across the Ibrox. I was like, really? <laughs> says, yeah. He says, we're training there because I don't know if Kilmarnock were flooded or something. And... They wanted to use your stuff, so I went in for, for a couple of weeks and then I signed a, a short term six months just to they wanted to see my fitness levels. Yeah. And then I came back and I pre season I signed a two year contract. Mm-hmm. How was kind of Jim Jeffries and Billy Brown? How were they? Like John McGregor and John Brown, just yeah. old school, made a bad pass on you straight away. And I mean, on you. I remember one game I played a ball into Danny Invincible. And he just kind of ran away. And it was a good ball on his feet. And then, honest to God, I thought I was going to take off. And this was only three minutes into the game. Right. And, wow. And they called Jim Jeffries the jet, don't they? So he's like a jet engine when he goes. Yeah. Boom. Crazy. And I remember a game, my way to Livingston, Billy Brown, going bonkers at me. He says, you son, you think you're belly. <laughs> oh. They just, they had a fear factor in it. I didn't like it because it, it, some players will will hide after that. Yeah. I mean, they were that way with everybody. And I think you need to pick and choose who you can have a go on, who you can't. We had a little player called, uh, I don't remember, Stevie Murray. Right, okay. Little, little tiny winger. Yeah, uh, his name rings a bell, yeah. And uh, shout at him, game over. You're a man down. If you're on him, game over. So you could hear him. Jim Jeffries, Stevie, Stevie, what are you doing, son? I'm like, Stevie, you're doing all right, kid. Keep going. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Because if you if you shout at him, he's gone. I mean, a man down. And I just thought they could have identified who they could shout at. And they never give a lot of praise. Yeah. But I think you need that as well. But no, I, I, I loved it and under them and they gave me the chance. And we had a good team. We got we're in the top. Top six, mm-hmm. two years running, we got to the Scottish Cup final. Yeah. Well, was it the Scottish Cup final? I think it was the League Cup. The League Cup final. Yeah. So, like, when you're, are you are you determined just to prove yourself when you when you leave a club like Rangers and go to Coman? Are you just determined to prove yourself? And yes. Are you thinking about like that? That's maybe sound daft, but are you thinking about like Rangers might come back in for me? Like Rangers might see it and see me and just buy me back? Is that? I didn't think like that. No, I just wanted to go and play and enjoy myself and and get fit. I've, obviously, I've, I've left Rangers and the last probably time I played a full season was three years ago. Aye. When I was 17, so I'm 20 now, 21, do you know what I mean? I just need to go and play and enjoy it. Uh, I think my first season in Kamala, I played like 40-odd games. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Uh, sometimes I played when left mid and I didn't like it. I wanted to play centre. Uh, but that was the manager's decision and and, but no, I enjoyed it. it. It was having that John McGregor and John Brown tough school. It made it a little bit easier for me going up to Jim Jeffries. 
Yeah. Who were the kind of big players in that in the Kilmarnock team? Who was like the, the characters? Uh, Gary Locke, Boydie, Freddie Dindaloo, uh, Gary Hay was a good lad, Gary, uh, Gary Wales, striker, uh, who was David Fernandez. Yeah, ah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Momo Silla, wow. What a crackpot he was, by the way. Great guy, but crackpot. <laughs> Tell us a story Paul, about him. Paul Giacomo, another great guy, but wow. Tell us a story. Tell us a Momo Sala story. Uh, I don't think I can tell one. No, I'll tell you a Paul Giacomo story. Right, okay. We're in the. <laughs> we're away. We're away. Hearts, Hearts are Livingston. And uh, we're, we're horrendous. I think we lost, right? So we're in the changing room for at least, I'm, I'm no joke, at least an hour. And the Jets can through everybody. And I mean everybody. Right? And ja- I don't know if you know Jacko. Jacko is so laid back. Honestly, he phoned up the fans. He said he got a headache one day because the window white was annoying him when it was raining. <laughs> that's how bad it was. We're sitting there for an hour and the Jets sitting there going, kicking things, throwing everything. And Jacko, boss. Then a chance we could do this tomorrow, the boys are getting a bit tired. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, oh no, and it just, it just went on and on. Honestly, the wee, the wee cleaners outside were knocking on the door. We were there for at least an hour and a half. And Jack was walking in a chance we could do this tomorrow, the boys are getting a bit tired. I was like, oh, no. Absolute, oh, Jack, what are you doing? Just kept us there longer. Kept us there longer. Crazy, Alan Combe, the brush as well. Goalkeeper. Uh, Bonkers as well. Bonkers, absolute. He is a ticking time bomb. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Alan Mahood was on the show as well. He played with you that time as well. He said it was a great team spirit the, the club had at that time. Is that right? That, that's, what, that's what got us so far up the table. I think, obviously, Lockie was brilliant. I think Lockie was the captain. And we made sure everybody, once a month, we had a Tuesday. Either it was go-karting, going for a meal, going for a night out, I think, whatever it was, we were there, everybody was there, and it was brilliant, great team bonding, and yeah, we never had a superstar, but we were all together, and it was it was, it was was a great team effort, and even when we went away, like pre-season strips and stuff, and we'd worked so hard for two weeks, and the gaffer said, listen, you boys, you can have a beer the night, mm-hmm. like two beers, but there's like, pills at me, I have a drink, so be like, yeah. boy, he's like, Peter, you don't drink, do you? But I'll have your two beers in. <laughs> you know, drink. I have your two beers. So, boy, you end up having twelve beers. <laughs> uh, you scored your first goal for Coman against Hearts. Like, how how good was that feeling just to get your first goal? That was good. I remember. I think I played play left mid. I think I did, and I'm through. Take Gordon came out to me at the angle, and I just bent up my left foot round him. I actually scored twice again. Mm-hmm. Two goals against him like that, same outside the foot. That no, was a great feeling. Uh, because obviously that disappointment and just to try and establish yourself as a as a Premier League player. Yeah. It was a nice feeling to have. It was a nice feeling to have. Brilliant. You go back to Ibrox to play against Rangers. How's that? Uh nerve wracking. Uh wanna prove a point. But they're a they were a good team back then, do you know what I mean? They're a good team. I think Fergie and up were there. You know, against Fergie and Anybody knows Fergie is horrible. Nice guy, but horrible. 
just on you all the time as your teammate, as your opposition player. I remember the ball came to me and I kind of flicked it around him and he, and he touched me, but he never really touched me. I, I dived a little bit, right? And he's, yeah. he's on my face and he's shouting at me and all that. I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? He, just, he was just so angry. And obviously, I remember playing against him when I was doing at MK and he was at Birmingham. And obviously, I've, I've grew up with him a little bit, you know what I mean? Rangers, and he was like, nah, definitely. We wouldn't even acknowledge you and stuff like that. But after the game, like, oh, how are you? But just during it, mm-hmm. he's like, you're his enemy. Yeah. See when, you're, see, when you're playing against him and playing with him, like, oh, I don't know if you played with him, but you've been around him. Is he the person you're kind of, is he the measuring stick? Is he the person you want to emulate when you're there? He's horrible. And I'm, and I'm, I'm saying this in the nicest possible way. He is horrible to train with. A lot of folks say that. Like, he's, I remember I put training the steps and I got the ball and I, I think I passed it and he maybe have a lads or something and, and Fergie's like, I'm a statue. <laughs> you see me? And I'm like, wow. He just put that, it didn't, it wasn't a nice feeling, do you know what I mean? Yes, he's got these demands and I respect that, but I, I felt it was a way to treat yeah. something, do you know what I mean? You're nervous as a kid. Where the, the Dutch would go, hey, unlucky, you done well there, unlucky, but that was a good pass. But maybe try, they would, they would speak to you in a, in a different way. And yeah. I, I, I'll go on in a story where we're training with the youth, youth team, maybe John Brown. And I'll never forget the day I died. Scott Matheson, striker, missed a header in training from two yards, sitter, missed over the bar. And Bomber went, Scotty, drop down, give me 20 press ups. But we had a Jan Dirks, who was like the Dutch academy director. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And he says, whoa, 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 why give him 20 press-ups? Why not give him 20 headers? Aye. And I was like, yeah, why not? Aye. And that, that just kind of, that kind of mentality was like, Fergie, Bomber, that Scottish, ah, you, do you know what I mean? That, when I see the Dutch, I'm thinking, yeah, they've got a logic, why not just do that and punish him and press up to make him bigger? Why not give him better? Technique and heading. Mm-hmm. Surely that yeah. makes him a better player as well. Which you've surely that makes him a better player. Probably, probably no. Bomber was a good coach, but I do believe he was like that kind of hard old school. You missed a chance, you're going to get punished for it. Aye. I mean, well, the Dutch were a wee bit more cute the way they thought, and now he's missed a chance. Well, let's practice on it. And Jen, that's why the Dutch do so well with youth development because of maybe, that. Maybe, maybe I just, I just, I just. That instance just made me think, and now the way I think as a coach, if you're going to punish somebody, punish them on their weaknesses. Aye. You know what I mean? Yeah. And make them better. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that will stick me forever, that comment. Brilliant. Uh, you, you play every week. You do really well in your first season at Kilmarnock. You don't, you don't finish top six, so you finished seventh, but was that a good season? Just getting, getting a starting position in a team and just getting noticed? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it under Durante, uh, Jim and Billy. Really enjoyed it playing first team football. It's different from playing reserve football. Do you know what I mean? You get the pressure of fans and going to Ibrox and Parkhead and away to Pataudry and stuff and scored a few goals. And no, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, getting over the knee problem took me a while. But no, I think I played some decent amount of games and scored some goals as well. And see... A lot of folks say, like, what's missing now with kind of youth is they're not playing against players older than them, they're playing a kind of similar age group. Did you notice when you were playing, like, you were playing against a, an older player, did you feel was that made you better? 
close to the experience. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I never forget. There was like uh, playing a game. I can't remember what it was in, a, in midfield, and he shouted one of my players' teammates' names. So I've let it go. I've let it go. But it was him. It was the opposition guy. Right. I mean, these little tricks you learn. He's uh, you say? Jimmy's born. Jimmy's in my team, and I've let it go. But it's not. He's just made. He's just shouting his name. So he's at the ball. I'm thinking you. But these little things with experienced players, you know what I mean? I, I played against played against my uncle, Tommy Coyne, when I was when I was at Rangers. He was at, he was at Dundee. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's telling me, calm down, play that pass. I'm like, shop, you're playing against me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> against Tom Coyle and the reserves. He's coming to the end of his career. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that made you so much better as a young player playing against senior pros. Physicality and the cuteness in the brain. Do you know what I mean? And it's so much better. I think I think academy football sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, when, I was, when I was Kelly's assistant uh, first team coach we brought up players from down south Lee Clark brought in players from a lot of players from down south from academy yeah miles off it mm-hmm. like just even like setting balls anticipating setting balls or third man runs or tracking runners the basics of football running about yes yeah. they're very good at maybe receiving the ball on the back foot and passing between the lines but you're going to have to match a runner Ah, exactly. The little things, and I just think it's false. Mm-hmm. In the season after that, the 05 06 season, Chris Boyd leaves. How big an influence was he to that team? He was huge. He's, he was, his goals were incredible. He deserved his move. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Boyd is a really fan. Uh, worked hard. But I never played much that season. He, yeah, he did. Did you pick up a bad injury? No, I just thought he just never fancied me. Don't know what I want. I played so many games. He just never fancied me, and maybe I picked up a couple of injuries, but nothing major. And I always remember Billy Brown going, "Oh, look, sad face on again." I said, "But what have I done wrong?" Mm-hmm. Having a chat with him, but they weren't that approachable. Yeah, not that approachable. Uh, maybe it was me. Maybe looking back, I was the one wrong. Uh, but. No, I never played much that season. Boy, do you left? Yeah. How did I place a guy like that who just scores all types of goals? I didn't realise how good Boyd he was until I came back as a coach at Kelly. Right, okay. Really? Yeah, never realised how good his movement was. Yes, I played well. I remember a game he scored five goals against Dundee United. Yeah. He said to me, said, you should have got my match that day. Because I set up three and yeah. I was I was really good. But I said, Boyd, you scored five goals. <laughs> and he said, I know, but you were, you were good. Uh, but no, I didn't realise how good he was until I came back as a coach. Best finisher you played with? Yes. Just knows where the goals was. Laces, instep, head, heading, everything. And his movement. Mm-hmm. People say he was lazy. And I probably, when you watch him, when I was younger, I thought, oh, he's lazy. But then, as you, as, as you get to play with him, and you know... He, when you get that connection with each other, his movement's incredible. And, and people say, oh, he's offside. He's not. He's already gone and, and left. Aye. And if you, see, if you don't see it quick enough, he's offside. Aye. So the play that plays way, that's why obviously he scored so many goals. Rangers are better players and stuff like that. But his movement, even in training, they'll come and spin. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that, can I see that season, you don't, you don't really play at all. Like, how, you don't play till April. Like, how is it? Just been the starter every week to then hardly featuring. How was that? 
How was that drop down? Strange. I, I remember. I remember sitting away to Livingston in the stand, and uh, I remember Boydy saying, "I'm going to school for you tonight." She's like, "Brilliant!" And uh, I remember sitting there just on my phone, thinking, "What, what am I doing?" You know what I mean? I'm, I've came for injuries at Rangers to playing last year, doing really well my first year, and then just yeah. to get kind of kiboshed at the, at the road, and we used to call it the bomb squad or Siberia. Because we used to play, we used to play on a Friday, and uh, the team who were starting on a Saturday played against the the bomb squad. Right. Yeah. And we used to beat them. Really. And Billy Brown and the Jet would go crazy. Obviously, we had no pressure. We were just popping it. And a boy called Ryan Dodge, Canadian, good player, Gary Wells, and we used to beat them all the time. And we used to go crazy, Jim Jeffries and that. But I don't know what it was. Maybe it was me. Maybe young. Attitude, but I always thought I worked hard. Maybe I maybe I never spoke my feelings. Yeah, go on to listen. What do I need to do again? Your team instead of just taking the hump all the time and having the an angry face on. Uh, yeah, I, pro- I probably I probably say it's my fault. But do you look back then? Like, obviously, you said like Jim Jeffries and Billy Brown weren't approachable. Like, do you look back and think if you had maybe said something, it would it would have been different? Oh, 100%. As a coach now, mm-hmm. all of I, I know why they've done it. I know why they did that. I, yes, they, I would have done things differently, but as a coach now, what a tough job to, to keep Aye. 25 players all happy. And they were fantastic. Looking back as a coach, as a player, I thought, oh, you know what I mean? But I, I, see, I see why they do these things, and I thought, I thought they were done amazing. Mm-hmm. The season after that, you you do go back, you do come back into the team. You do, like what happened was it kind of pre-season? Did you have a good pre-season? Then just come straight back in. I always used to train hard in the summer. Every yeah. every you know, holiday, I ran every day up the hills and to get fit. I was never the quickest player, so I had to make sure I was fit. Uh, and we worked honestly the the pre-seasons with Jim Jeffries and Billy Brown. We used to go to Italy, a place called Choco. Right. It was on this mountain. There's a hotel halfway up the mountain, and the pitch is on top of the mountain. And I mean, right, in the, honestly, God, and we used to run until we were sick. That's that's honestly, God. We did, we did this run, and uh, at Kelly, it was like through a farm, and the hay was high, and it was like a four minute run. So you're in groups of three, so one group start there, 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 there. So you run, and I'll never forget. So I think it was about five in a group, and we're running, and I think I'm in the middle. And Boyle's behind me, and I'm running. I'm knackered. I'm going. Where is he? He must have dropped out because he's injured. So we're running in the field, and I get run about a minute and a half to the other side. He's at the front. He's cut right through the field because the grass is that high. Jim James and Billy Brown at the start. They kind of see him when he cuts through the field. <laughs> Thank you, big. Great. Oh, but I just, I just, I was like, oh wow. Fantastic, but they, honestly, the pre-seasons they did well. Oh, but it made you—you you have to have a good pre-season. Oh, definitely, yeah. Like when I went to Belarus, they were, they were mourning at my pre-season. I think it sets you up. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Oh, one player in English says, oh, we better win the league then." Like, oh, push in the pudding. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, obviously, the that's a good season, but the League Cup final against Habs was the kind of the down on that year. Do you remember that game? Yeah. I remember the semi-final. 
we played Falkirk. Uh, Falkirk, yes, we won three 0 Nasey scored a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Played centre mid, we fouled, and I loved it. Sticky was on the left. Dallin Johnson was on the left. I think Danny was on the right, and Nasey was up top. And I played centre mid, and I loved it. And then the final came, and they put me left wing, and I hated, I hate left wing. And on on the right for them was Stephen Whitaker mm-hmm. and Ivan Sproul. And so, two of them are rapid. Aye, pace. And I don't want to defend. I want to go on the ball and try and create. And I was never going to see I don't want to play this cup final, do you know what I mean? But I just thought I was never in the game. I was chasing them two back. And it, and Sticky was in the middle. Oh, I see why they've done it. Because Sticky's legs had gone. Aye. I wasn't, I wasn't quick, but I had a little bit more legs than Sticky to get up and down. But yeah. I lost my game because I was just chasing them. And I, I think it took me off after... 67 minutes. I think we were, I think it was one each at the time or two one we'll lose. Aye, aye. It was two, it was two one when you went off. And then it just kinda Coleman made a mistake. I think they the divot. Yeah. Fletcher. They're a good team that did to be fair. Yeah. Boozalon, Fletcher, Scott Brown, what Thompson, uh Casper. Nah, very good team. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you say there about Stephen Naismith, how good a player was he? He was raw when I was there, just full of energy. Full of energy. Uh, natural finisher, I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say he was a natural finisher. Boy, he was superior in finishing. But energy, work rate, desire, would chase a lost cause. Yeah. Can't, well, he can finish, you know what I mean? Good finisher, but nowhere near the standard of Boydie. Uh, but no, at that age he was he was a pest, an absolute pest on the pitch, and he was great for for us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you think Did you think he would go on to be a big a big the bigger player he was? Well, no, no, a lot of people know us. He went into Arsenal. Arsenal Wenger invited him down for two weeks. Oh, did he? When is it Kelly? And he did all these tests on him. And I said to him, "What did you test you do?" He went uh, shuttle test, uh, like a passing test, shooting test. Uh, physical on the treadmill test I've done all that for like two weeks from him and then obviously they said we'll keep an eye on you so yeah, I know a lot of people have been asking for two weeks yeah, yeah. yeah and Jane that made him a better player like that kind of training <sighs> of course Nasey had the desire mm-hmm. Nasey was he outstanding technically no did he have a work ethic that compensated for that yes attitude fantastic Horrible little player. Could leave one on you, no problem. Yeah. Look what he did at Everton, you know what I mean? He played in the Premier League for years and obviously he he, he got technically much better, but as a kid, he was so raw when I was there. So raw, but his work ethic that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Colin Nash said that as well. Colin Nash was on. He said he was excellent because he played alongside him. He said he was excellent to play alongside. What was, yeah. was kind of like Colin Nash like to play with as well? What a guy, Nash. Still a good friend of mine. Still speak. spoke to him all day. I love Nishi. Nishi was, Nishi was never got the credit that he was due. Aye. Nishi was fantastic. Nishi was great. Yeah, he was six foot, but Nishi could play. Mm-hmm. Nishi was very good with the ball's feet. Great finisher, Nishi. Mm-hmm. Both great, good in the air. Thick as mince, Nishi. <laughs> Honestly, <God. laughs> Thick as mince, but what a guy. What a lovely guy. Nishi was a great player. Him and Nasey actually done well together. Yeah. Very- Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got Colin that story. 
Just, just stupid things like he says something like, "Oh, it was sunny." I think I was in the car and it was like sunny or something. And he's like, "Oh, when he want to be in jail, a deal of this." <laughs> I think Loki says, "Nishi, when he want to be in jail, any day." I've never made a deal of this. <laughs> Nishi was just one liners, stupid. Just honestly, what a guy Nishi is, brilliant guy. Brilliant, brilliant. But that's a that's a good fifth. It was a good fifth place finish, but. Did you, were you getting offered a new contract to stay on? Was that my last year? Yeah, that was last season. Yeah, yeah they, off, they offered me a, a, another two year, was it? Slightly improved uh, money-wise, but I always had it in my head. I mean, I have something in my head. That's it. I wanted to try England. Mm-hmm. Uh, just obviously more teams, because I remember playing Scotland. One of the seasons, maybe not last season, we played Hearts like six times. Yeah. We played them four times in the league. Then we played them in the cup, but it went a replay. And we played them again. Yeah, six times, and I was like, "Wow!" I just wanted to try England and see how it went. And I had it in my head to go down south for it. And were you like obviously a few a few kind of Rangers players you played with? You touched on like Stephen McLean, Stephen Dobry. They they went down to England and done pretty well. Were you kind of were you talking to them for like advice like before you? No, no, never spoke to them. To be honest, I just. Once I had something in my head, that was me. I'm going. Uh, and I never even had a club. Mm-hmm. I had a club. And I remember it was the summer. I was in the boxing gym, just training. And spoke to me. He's like, nah, I've got nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, and he went to Chesterfield last year to come down for a game. I said, I'll go down to Chesterfield, no problem. Drove down, played. They had a full squad. Yeah. They were looking for a left winger. And the, the, one of the reasons I wanted it to... Leave Kelly because I wanted to play centre midfield and Jim Jeffries put me in the left, sometimes put me left back, sometimes put me in midfield. I wanted to be an established centre midfielder, which yeah. I was when you grown up. But people think because you've got a left foot, I oh, will put me on the left, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just go and have a career playing centre midfield and enjoy it. But I went down to Chesterfield and they're like, oh, we've only got, we've got Jamie Winter, right. Scottish lad, good right. friend of mine, one of my best friends in football. And I say football. Derek Niven, another Scottish lad, centre midfielder. They had another two or three centre midfielders. We need a left midfielder. And I sat there thinking, oh, no. and I played this game, Matt Lockdown, scored, but I was on the left. And he says, right, listen, I sign you. And I was like, right, okay, I sign it. And in my head, I thought, right, just sign it. And then just walk your way into the middle, speak to them. If anybody gets injured, Play, try and get in there so eventually I signed a year's contract uh, I think the first four or five games played on the left and then one night up live on Sky I think it was I played midfield centre midfield and ever since then that was me mm-hmm. I was back in the I was very good that night and then come Christmas time they would make the captain and uh, I loved it at Chesterfield great little town uh, fans were fantastic Saltergate proper old school Stands, terracing, and compact stadium and a housing scheme. Loved it. Brilliant. How do you look back on your time at Kilmarnock? <coughs> uh, it could have been better for me. I didn't think they'd seen the best of me. Right. Uh, I thought I've got to take responsibility of being sulking, maybe, because I'm not playing my position. I thought they could have got, they could have got more at me. Uh, maybe been a, little, been a little bit more 
constructive criticism. You know what I mean? Uh, but it was a pleasure to play for a, a club like Kelly. They gave me a chance when nobody else did when I left Rangers. They took a gamble on me. Yeah. Uh, and I always, as I said, they gave me a chance when I was injured, come out for injury, and then they gave me a chance in my, my first career at coaching as well. So the club means a lot to me as well. Brilliant. And we'll move on to kind of Chesterfield. Like, was, there, was there worries when you moved to England that the, the culture would be different? Nah. Nah. Boy Firebrooks ran through, just jack a lad. I wasn't a drinker, never drank, never partied, just focused on football. So I, I, I love the banter. I made Jamie Winter was there, Scottish lad, and we used to wind it up in the changing rooms every day. We, we were the we were the focal point in the changing room. Do you know what I mean? Every time we used to come out of training, they'd see me and Jamie walk in, they'd be like, oh no, here are these two Scottish lads coming again. And do you know what I mean? We'd wind it up every day and right. cutting people's socks and putting deep heat in their pants and all that and swamping people's cars and keys about in their pockets. And they'd just and they'd wind up every day. Brilliant. What was League 2 like? What was the standard like in League 2? Tough. Wow. Did not get a second on the ball. Mm-hmm. The Scottish Premier League was easier. Really? More time on the ball. Yeah. Two, bang. Take a touch, they're hitting you straight. We used to wear, we have to wear shin guards in training because we had a centre half called Kev Ellison. Absolute unit from Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Honest to God. And he didn't know how to calm himself in training. So the gaffer would be like, calm down. So we had to make his wear shin guards in training because Kevin never knew how to, how to control his training to a game. He trained the way he played. Really? His studs were like big metal metal studs in training and I used to avoid them. But we had to wear shin guards every day in training or you're fine. And what's the, what's the difference in kind of training as well? Like how is, was it harder? No, there's more games. You, you play Saturday, uh, Tuesday. Yeah. So it's just recovery. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a lot better for me because I just wanted to play games and you're playing Saturday, Tuesday and you're playing... 22 teams in the league. I always remember the first game. It, it came out and we're like, oh, local derby, Chester, against Chesterfield. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know Chester was Liverpool. I thought Chester was... <laughs> Chesterfield was in uh, Derby area, do you know what I mean? And Chester's uh, over, was like two and a half hours away. So that was, that was my first <laughs> England. I thought it was a derby, but it wasn't. <laughs> no, uh, you, became, you, get, you got the captaincy. How big an honour was that just to become the club captain? Well, even when I was younger, I was always captain boys clubs, even at Rangers all the way through. I was captain. Uh, was I vocal? Not really. Maybe I, I led by example a little bit. Yeah. Of my 40s. Aaron Downs, the Australian centre-back, was having a tough time, made a few mistakes and stuff, and the manager just said, listen, actually put was in together, Lee Richardson was a manager. He's now the Liverpool sports psychologist. Right, okay. Yeah. He put us in together. He's listen, uh, I'm going to take it off here just, just to let you settle back in and no pressure of being captain. And, and I obviously said, my boss, he's listen, Downsy, you're still a captain of my eyes. This means nothing. You're, I still want you to be... And he was fine with in his performance improved. So that was a little bit as well for being a bit of uh, psychology for the manager just to kind of take that armband off him and relieve the pressure a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was lovely to be captain, but I still played the way I played anyway, with them. Yeah. yeah. Brighton, come in looking for you. 
Do you remember how that came? Do you remember Brian coming in trying to sign you? Yeah, yeah, I remember I was in the, I was in the, my apartment. Uh, I was in actually Jamie's house, Jamie Winters. He lived a few doors along. Uh, Jim MacArthur, the agent, Scottish agent, phoned me. He says, uh, Brighton, I've put a bid in for you. Chesterfield have rejected it. I think the first bid was 90 or 100 grand. Right. Uh, my contract was finished in the summer. In the summer. Mm-hmm. But they rejected it. Uh, I think they had three bids. I think it went up to maybe 120 or maybe 130. I don't know what it was. The final bid, but Chesterfield one says we're not going to let go of a club captain. We're trying to go for playoffs. It's not a good sign in, in the club and the fans will let my captain go when we're pushing for playoffs at the time. So they rejected it and was I angry? No, not really. I knew something would, would come if I keep playing well. Yeah, and you think you did do well? Uh you can always room for improvement. Do you know what I mean? But my first. Yeah. England, I think I think I did okay. I think I did okay. I think I did okay. Yeah. The club finished eighth, and did you get off? You got off of the new deal. Yeah, I got off of the new deal. He's, the manager was on the phone every day, bless him, and it was. It's Paul Linson phoned me when I was in back in Scotland. Paul Linson phoned me and said, "Listen, I want you to come and sing for us." And obviously, I played against MK Dons in League Two that that season. Yeah, seen the stadium, and the way they played was oh, that stadium's a joke, honestly. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's unbelievable. And the way they played, wow. What's it called? The Boo Camp? No, no, just MK Don Stadium. That's just a nickname. Unless, unless I've changed it now. Aye. I always remember it being called the Boo Camp. It was called, it was called Stadium MK. Uh, but the, 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 the mascots uh, are cow because they've got concrete cows in, in the fields and stuff. Right, okay. And the roundabouts and there's concrete, I don't know, there's concrete cows of it all. But anyway, Paul Lynch called me and said, listen, I want you to come and uh, bless some lyrics. And Peter, I want to offer you this. I said, listen, I've made my mind up. I'm going to go to MK. Right, give me two minutes. He calls me back. He says, right, I can offer you more. And I says, I'm going to League One. I'm, I'm going to League One. I don't want to stay League Two. I've done League Two. I want to go League One. Uh, and he was obviously disappointed. And I understand, do you know what I mean? But... Okay, what if a guy called Paul Lynch, you know what I mean? Obviously, what he's done in the game and seeing the way MK Don's play, it was it was a no-brainer for me. They looked pretty well run then, then like they did look like an they were an up-and-coming team. Obviously, they'd moved through Wimbledon and things like that. They, they did look like an up-and-coming team. How tough a league was League One compared to League Two? League One was easier again. Really. Yeah, League Two is honestly the lower you go, the quicker it is, and don't respect you, and they just hit you, and you've not got any time. The higher, the higher you go, probably the easier it becomes because you give you more time on the ball. But that year, I, I, I signed for MK Dons, and I never met Paul Lynch. He was on holiday at the time, so I went in and signed, and then like a week later, he left. Yeah, he left to go to Blackburn. Yeah, and. Come, who comes in? Do you know then he's going to be a European Cup winner? Roberto Di Matteo gets a job. What was no. he like? <laughs> Strange at the start. Obviously, it was his first job, and I don't know if he was nervous or or what. Because we'd done a bit of pre-season at home, and still no, we still no manager. It was a fitness coach and a physio took us, so we're doing just doing our running, no manager. And then uh, he came like two days before we went to Portugal pre-season. Mm-hmm. So we're in Portugal. And I think I'm walking down the corridor, my training kit on, and he says, uh, oh, 
I says, hey, lift your top up. No sit-ups. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but then he kind of obviously maybe seen me play and he was kind of, he was all right in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, along. Was he a, was he a good coach? Uh, good man, manager. Mm-hmm. Eddie Newton done a lot of the coaching. Eddie was brilliant. Yeah. Eddie's now working in Turkey in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, Robbie was good man, manager. He's totally different from Jim Jeffries. I remember being in the tunnel and stuff and he's like, hey, Peter, smile. Relax. Enjoy your football. Don't get angry. Because when you get angry, he's like red mist. And when you get red mist, you lose your touch, you lose your awareness. And I was like, right, okay. So I'm learning. I've learned that the crazy side under Jim Jeffries, John Brown, John McGregor, the, the nasty. And then I'm starting to learn Di Matteo, the form side, relax, play, with a smile, enjoy it. So it was, it, was, it was good to learn that as well. That was a that was a good season. Now you, you finished third, but just losing the playoffs to Scunthorpe. How disappointing was that? Uh, for me, it was from the Leicester game. Leicester, we played Leicester at home. Honestly, it was full twenty two thousand. Yeah. Uh, and I scored two that game. We went one 0 down early on. Matty Fry had scored. I equalised. We're like a 25-yarder. Keep on made a blunder. I should have saved it, to be honest. And then I scored again. I led through my legs. Luke Chabot led through his legs. Adam Oberham set me. I hut it one on one with the goalkeeper. He came back off the goalkeeper. Hut me in the chest and went over him. So, <laughs> honestly, 2-1 up. Max Grado comes on. And in the 97th minute, scores a free kick. And that would have put us one point behind Leicester in second place. Uh, and the teams were gone we were, we were up there but that killed us and then since then we went draw draw win draw draw we ended up finishing third and uh, Scunthorpe were the last team in the playoff to get in I think yeah. we were 12 points ahead of them mm-hmm. and uh, the both games were terrible honestly away from home we got a draw I think it was one each and then at home we lost the penalties I couldn't believe it has it gotten just gotten is it just just to get to Wembley, do you know what I mean? Uh, and that season we were, we were so good. I think I scored, I, personally for me, it was my best season. I think I scored 10 goals, 11 goals from midfield. Uh, playing just with a freedom. And to lose to Scunthorpe, who were so far below us in the league, do you know what I mean? And I remember it. Big Tory Andrew missing the penalty. Was that that season? Mm-hmm. Tory Andrew yeah. comes in, I was just in the touch on that, reunited with him. Where was he? Did he remember you? Yes, yeah, no, I remember me. I remember me. I actually trained quite a bit at Rangers and then uh, he came in. Lovely guy. Mm-hmm. And that way, you, when you first come in, you've got to sing a song. Aye, initiation. So, some of, the, some of the clubs have been, some of the big players will just take the fine. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, not singing, it's £250. Victoria Andrew, no problem on the table, singing Norwegian songs and <laughs> you know that. But no, lovely guy, but oh, he missed the penalty. No, just him. Jason Punching missed and Jude Stalin missed as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, got him. And obviously with Tori Andrew Flo, like when his move up here was a bit, obviously it was £12 million, pounds, but he was he'd done really well at Rangers. Like he had a great scoring record. But how good a player was he? Oh, he's a great player. That's the thing. No, it's not his fault he's £12 million, pounds, is it? Exactly. exactly. People always say, oh, he's £12 million. Pounds. It's not his fault. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's, he just goes with the flow and mm-hmm. goes 
go, there you go, there a punt. But no, good player. Again, like a colonition, it sounds weird, tall, but great with the feet. Yeah. Wasn't as great in the air for his size, but again, great with the feet. Netting a great guy. Mm-hmm. And did he kind of help you a lot when you were down there, like just as a pal? Who, Tori Andre? Yeah. No, he kind of kept himself. So I think he was, I think he was a guy, D. Mateo's mate, wasn't he? He uh, never really, he never, he never really get in with the banter with the young boys and stuff. Do you know uh, what I mean? He would come to train and go back to London wherever he lived and, and stay with his family. He's a family man and stuff, but he never really get involved in the, in the banter. Who were some of the good players you came up against in that league? Oh, that league. Uh, Ricky Lambert. Really? Lalana, Southampton. They were League yeah. One at the time. Ah, that's right. Eh? We were playing against them and we were 2 0 up at St Mary's. And then uh, Lalana came on at half time. Wow. <laughs> he twist and turned me all over the place. I think he played 10, number 10. So you look to see where he is and he's went that side of you and he's, he's now the number, number six, I think. And he's all over the place. And then you've got Ricky Lambert, who I'll never forget, we're at home. He scored a hat trick against us at MK. I'm in front screening the goal kick. He's in the middle and defenders behind. And he just gave me a little nudge. Took it in his chest and volleyed it from 35, 40 yards right in the top corner. And I'm like, oh my days. I'm like, these guys are on another level. Aye. And he knew they had something, do you know what I mean? They had a team back then, to be fair, Southampton. And that's what they're saying. The league, in League One, there was Leicester, Southampton, Norwich, Leeds. Mm-hmm. And you finished third? I finished third, though. Eh? But you, uh, that, se- you, that season, Di Matteo leaves and Paul Lins comes back. Were you glad he was back? No. <laughs> Do you know what I thought? I thought, I thought, because I remember, I don't want to sign a one-year contract mm-hmm. because the money they offered me wasn't, it was, just, it was just a little bit more than League Two. Right. They offered me a two-year deal and I said, no, listen, give me a one-year and I'll prove to you and I'm, I said, I'm taking on the risk here. Right. So I spent one year on a little bit more money in League Two just to prove that how good I was to get a better contract. Yeah. So I said, Gaffa, rubbish. He then offered me rubbish again, MK. So he went in and said, listen, you need to offer him good money. Yeah. So he got me better money. And I went. So I obviously uh, happy that he'd done that for me. But then he left to go to West Brom. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And he took no one. Aye. I thought, surely he's got to take a couple of players who have done well for him. Aye. But he never took anybody, mate. I was like, wow. Why, is that, anyway, why was that, giant? Why? I don't know. Maybe he had a good squad at West Brom or he maybe thought we weren't good enough to, to play championship. I don't know. But if I was a manager and my first year on job and these players have done amazing for me and actually some of them are decent players, not just even me, with Sam Baldock, Adam Abraham, take them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Give him exactly. that, that kind of well done. Thanks for looking after me. Come with me, you can help me in the championship. Mm-hmm. But he never took anybody. Uh, Paul Lins came in. Wasn't my cup of tea. Really? Yeah. Wasn't oh. my cup of tea. Just, Why was just that? Seemed, just seemed arrogant. Just, yeah, he was a good player, but that, that doesn't make you a good manager, good coach. Where Robbie would come in every morning, shake your hand. How's your wife? How's your kids? Got to know you personally. 
felt Ince didn't want to know you. Just I felt it was it was it was about him. That's what I felt felt. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like a player that comes in that season who you you know pretty well, Alex Ray. Was he good for you to just help you, like help your game? Honestly, great guy. Don't get me wrong, Paul's a good guy as well, but I just thought they never, Paul's never got to know you personally. Uh, you know what I mean, man management. Like, yeah, man management. Mm-hmm. Alec, 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 brilliant. Honestly, he used to join in training. Didn't realise how good a player he was, Alec. Mm-hmm. And hard as nails. Aye. The two of them used to play, join in. We used to play a thing called, well, was a game on a Friday before a match day. And we made up a name for it, the players called Death Ball, right? <laughs> that means if Alec Ray and Paul Lance are playing, and if you take more than two touches, you're getting smashed. They don't care if it's in training, day before a cup final, they're smashing you. Honest to God, I'll never forget the time Paul Lance took us on the first team pitch and got the kids, the academy kids, to run at us, and he showed how to tackle. Really? So if you're sitting in the stand and you're just watching us senior players just going smashing academy kids. That was one of you don't get me wrong, it was good at tackling Paulins. So that was the session on just how to smash people. <laughs> Brilliant. That's it sounds crazy, like Alex Ray just sounds it just sounds a hard player, like just one of the players who just would wouldn't care, just would get through you. Super fat. I remember the year after he was with Carl Robinson. And he came out of retirement to play against Southampton. Really? He was like 40-odd and he was... <laughs> Incredible. Great guy. Lovely guy. Brilliant. That was a disappointing season though. You finished 12. What kind of happened there? I never played. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the team. He brought in Nigel Quasi. Uh, he moved Jason Punchin back into the centre of the field. I was in and out of the team. The chairman, Pete Winkleman, pulled me. He says, Why, you know, what, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I went... Ever since, it was, it was weird. My grand passed away. Uh, I can't remember when it was, maybe the October time. And I went up to Scotland for the funeral and stuff. And, I, and it was the day after we played Charlton away. And I, fl- I flew straight down to London. And this is how I said, you know, I want to play. I want to play for my grand. And I was, I was, I was hopeless. Miles off it. Yeah. Uh, and since then... I don't know if he just thought it was rubbish or what. And I was in and out of the team and picked up a wee injury. And I remember Millwall tried to get me in loan, but Pete Winkleman said no chance. Uh, but it just never worked with me, me under Pollens. Mm-hmm. Pollens leaves and Carol Robinson comes in. Like, what age was, was he? Like 33 or something at the time? Yeah. How was that? Were you worried about playing under a young coach? No, because he, he, he knew how to get the best out of his players. Right. I remember he came that chapter my door, not keen, Simon Alec Ray. She says, come on, we're going for a we're going for a drink. Well, she's you're going for a coke, I'm going for a beer, me and Alec. She's come on. <laughs> she went up to the the hungry horse just up where I lived in Milton Keynes and we sat down and she's right, I'm getting a job. And I want you to be my main man midfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll never forget Gleese Stephen Gleason phoning me. I said, Gleese is here, do you want him he lives in the corner? Do you want him to come? He said, I come as well. So he came around and sat and says, listen, I want to know he's with me. I need Jason. Of course. I want to play the right way. And he's like, well, that's what you are. He's right, no problem. And that was it for them. Mm-hmm. And what was his training like? Good. Like Robbie and Eddie, just all football, enjoy it. And 
play and I used to wind him up honestly because he was a young manager and I think I can't remember we had like an Audi A3 and we had de- we had like decent decent cars. Somebody said Range Rovers that, so I used to park this car space all the time. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I used to wind him up. I see, like, I see, I see, gaff up. I've got a better car than you. I need to park in your space. <laughs> He's like, he's coming left. Left, you can't do that. I'm the manager now, you can't do that. I said, listen, until you get a better car than me, I'm parking your space every day. <laughs> and what was, the, what was the big things he, he kind of brought in? Like, did you finish fifth that season? But what was the kind of big things <coughs> he brought in? Man management. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was one of the boys. He was, yeah. he wasn't like this standoffish guy he was in the change room having banter he, he knew when to have a go he knew when to have fun uh, he was approachable his door was always open and no it was just it made you feel to be part of it and enjoy it and don't worry about making mistakes mm-hmm. that season though that there was another playoff disappointment against Peterborough oh, I missed it didn't I the, the week before we were training on the pitch and they lead up to the first game. And uh, I've turned and I'm running in a street line with the ball. And Shawnee Williams is behind me. And I heard a snap. And I've turned. Because I felt as if the sound came from him. Yeah. And I've looked. And then I've just fell. And my foot went red hot. And I oh. mean red hot. And I knew I'd done something. Because obviously the snap and the pain. I'm thinking, oh my God. And the first thing I came in my head was my metal tassel. Just because, yeah. I don't know why, the Beckham thing, remember the World Cup, the Beckham thing? Yeah. I don't even know what, I just knew, I just, the thing I had met a tassel, don't know what it was, but the whole Beckham thing made me think of that. Uh, and I was in the medical room and it took me straight to the hospital in my training kit and got on it, a scan x-ray and I broke my fifth met a tassel. And do you think that it would have been different if you were playing? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. Again, I scored eight nine goals midfield and vice captain I was quite influ- influential in the team and I'd like to think I'd, I'd have made a little bit of a difference here uh, but I've just gotten to be in a, in a cast and two weeks before the, the semi-final mm-hmm. Did you did you want to stay with MK Dons or were you looking, were you looking for another move? No I wanted to stay uh, an agent called me I met Kenny Jacket. Uh, Millwall wanted me in the championship right uh, I says right okay leave it with me they spoke money I didn't want to I left to be fair I should have stayed they spoke money I didn't want to stay when they were talking money I left the hotel they spoke money uh, went back I remember Kenny Jackson don't use this as letters to get a new deal at MK yeah I was like right okay no problem maybe I should have uh, went back up to England the missus was pregnant uh, up to sorry, Newcastle missus was pregnant she had a few complications with the baby and stuff she was getting scans and and then the, the, the chief executive caught my agents saying uh, I never had any agent at the time called my old agent saying which Peter Dane said I don't know uh, text me saying the club are asking what you're doing I says listen I'll see them when I come back down Yeah, I've been to Milton Keynes I went back down and, and my contract on the table had, had expired I didn't realise they'd only three weeks. Right. They'd signed a new three other players. Mm-hmm. So I was gutted, to be fair. But then the Millwall thing never happened. Crystal Palace were interested. And then, again, nothing happened. I'm doing this cast, injured. 
Aye. Better club. Thinking, oh, I might get something because I just won uh, Football League Writers Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Thinking, yeah, I might get something. Then nothing came. Mm-hmm. And then, do, you look, uh, oh, do you look back on MK Dons as a, as a good time in your career? Loved it. Best time in my life. Brilliant. As a football life, as a football term, playing regular, scoring goals. Yeah, loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had other offers, like, was it, why did you kind of choose Oxford? Uh, it was close to Milton Keynes. Right. A lovely house. Uh, my daughter was just about to be born, so we'd done the nursery up. I didn't want to uplift and move again. And Oxford was 45 minutes from my house. Didn't realise how big the club was until I went there and mm-hmm. spoke to the manager, sold me the dream, played total football. That was my thing. I needed to play football. I didn't yeah. want to go to a club. Went long. and So I went there, spoke to him. Uh, they were going to Boston pre-season. I thought, Oxford League 2, going to Boston. Oh, got ambition. Just signed Michael Dubry, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Pittman, Paul McLaren, championship players. Thinking, I've got a chance here. Uh, I didn't care where it was. I just wanted to play football. I just wanted to play the football I wanted to play. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Uh, so it was something of a dream and I, and I signed. Mm-hmm. Chris Wilder signed you. How good was he? Obviously now we know how good he is with Sheffield. He's done a brilliant job with Sheffield United, but what was it like then? Did you see how good he was? No. Nah. Really? Didn't see it until didn't see it until I became a coach again. Aye. Don't get me wrong, he was fantastic with me. Aye. I was like his golden child. I could have done what I wanted. Do you know what I mean? He's never forget the day I signed in the club. We jumped in the minibus with the staff on the way to Heathrow to fly to Boston. Yeah. And he cracked open a bottle of Budweiser and he's like, Yeah, congratulations. Get that done you. I'm like, shit, I don't drink. I was like, having <laughs> 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 a baby on the on the bus going to pre-season I was like hell, what, am, what am I doing you know what I mean but that was just that's, that's him he's just one of the lads mm-hmm. loves a baby uh, works hard didn't realise how good he was until you become a coach yourself yeah uh, but again I could have did what I wanted to mm-hmm. he, he was brilliant for me mm-hmm. uh, you scored one of the best goals you'll ever score inside your own half against Port Vale remember that yep yeah, I remember the game. The uh, again full house, twelve and a half thousand Oxford holds. You only get three stands, haven't you? Two and a half, thirteen thousand. Portville, good team at the time. Mickey Adams, the manager, tried to sign me before as well. He was a try to sign me at uh, Brighton. Right. He was a manager. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we went. I set up the call, the first goal. Uh, Dub scored the header. It went one each, and then I lost my runner for the for their goal to make it two one. And the captain, Jake Wright, starting to have to go at me. And me, as usual, trying to deflect. It wasn't me, it was him. <laughs> uh, so I thought, oh, no, I need to try and make this up. Make up to the team. But before that, in the tunnel, their goalkeeper, I can't remember his name. He became a wrestler, like in the WWE. Uh, oh, his name escapes me. What, his WWE name or his... his no, his real, his real name. I remember, I know he's out here talking about it. I forget his name, though. Ah, that'll come to me. Right, anyway. So he's in the tunnel. And obviously, I, I don't know him. But the, one of the boys says, this goal is... Wait, you hear him in the tunnel. He went, just listen. So he's at the front of the queue, and I'm in the middle. And he's slaughtering people on their team, going, look how ugly he is. <laughs> look at his state. 
like absolutely just digging him out. <laughs> What's going on here? Just because he's a big muscly guy, do you know what I mean? He's just slaughtering my team. And I'm like, wow. So I had that in my head. And uh, so when the ball came to me, I looked up, just a little glance. And he wasn't even that far off his line. Aye. I thought, I'll try it. And, and I hut it. And I fortunately just went in. So we're all celebrating. But Jake, my captain, he's not even came to me. He kind of ran to the goal. He's gone. Because <laughs> Jake didn't like him at all. The way he disrespected the team. So he was, wasn't even celebrating me. He was just trying to battle the, the goalie because he just got chipped for the halfway line. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Would that be the best goal you've ever scored? Uh, one of them. I scored one there as well. My right foot with a chipped goalie for, but for the corner. That was a good goal as well. But no, mm-hmm. it's, it's the furthest goal I scored. Uh, you pick up another bad injury though. Could you feel it was just a matter of time before you had to kind of give up? Uh, the MK was fine. Then I went to, to League 2. I don't know if the pitch is getting heavier. Because I never wore studs. I always do a moldies. Mm-hmm. And I always people were saying, you need to wear studs to get a good grip. Yeah. But, could not wear studs. I hated them. I had to wear moldies all the time. But it was just starting to play in me and play in me. And it was come to the stage I never trained. I used to Saturday try and ice it for the fall on Saturday. I probably missed midweek as well. I was just on this thing called the game ready machine, just icing mm-hmm. four or five times a day. Even the doctor before the games on the Saturday would come and try and drain my knee. It sit and drain the fluid and they'll try to squeeze the fluid out and I'm like what am I doing do you know what I mean it just got to the stage where I was like nah did you look how did you look back in your playing career uh, I could have easily chucked it at 17, 18 when the, the specialist in London told me to have a new career uh, think of a new profession he said that was his bold spot I had no qualifications or I knew it was football mm-hmm. Was I the same player that I should have been? No, no one. I, I, I think I played the 50% of my maximum my whole career. Maybe MK Dons, the, the first year under Di Matteo, I maybe touched 70-80%. But I never ever got to my full potential. Mm-hmm. You move into coaching, just talk me through a bit about going through your badges and kind of getting into Middlesbrough and it was Jarrell Ruthen as well. Just talk about about getting into coaching. Uh, I also moved up in Newcastle, Mrs. from Newcastle. And I uh, went into to the local team, Jarrow, Northern Lake, saying, listen, do, do you want to wanna come down and play? I was like, I just love football, do you know what I mean? I'll just mm. play once a week, just to keep me fit. Yeah. Uh, this is standard, by the way. That's okay. Didn't, didn't realise how big a standard was, because the Northern League, one up from that, yeah, I think it's the Northern, it was the Evo Stick, but, but in that division, you have to travel as far down in Manchester and stuff like that. Right. So the guys who had jobs didn't want to travel there. So they stayed in the Northern League where it was just the North East and Newcastle. Right. Yeah. So they didn't want to travel all the way to Manchester on Tuesday night after work, you know what I mean? So right. they're like, I've got a good job. I'll just play in the Northern League. And the standard was decent. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Done a bit of coaching. Got a bit in the press. And then Middlesbrough seen it. Peter Levens coaching Jarrell Ruffin. She listen, we would like to you come and coach your, one of your teams if you if you want. I said, I'm be brilliant. Got in an unbelievable academy, fantastic academy. Loved yeah. it. Was there for a year. Did I want to leave? No, but come on up and Scottish Premier League came calling. I could not turn that down. Mm-hmm. 
And you go, obviously you do pretty well with Middlesbrough and then Lee Clark, how does the kind of Kilmarnock thing come about? Was it Lee Clark that asked you? Gary Locke. Gary Locke. Gary Locke was a manager uh, and the chairman, one of the directors on the board, Jim Mann, was uh, also a Milton Keynes director. Right, okay. So that was a the connection there. Obviously, I, I, I played with Gary and Jim Mann and I went and said, listen, would you want to come in as like, uh, one of my assistants? I said, I'd, I'd love to. Uh, feel bad a little bit because obviously looking back was I ready? No mm-hmm. but I wanted to go and learn and and learn off Gary and obviously he brought in Jig as well and Jig was new to you as well yeah do you know what I mean did, you know, did you know Lee McCulloch before that? never met him never right. met him uh, but Lockie honestly what a, what a great guy Lockie is fantastic guy but I just thought me and Jig were young nice. for him. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I that my opinion of Jig may have an opinion, but I just wish I had more experience to have helped him. That was that was all the thing with Kelly. Mm-hmm. And when can Lee Clark comes in after that, like were you did you think did you think he would stay on? Who me and me? Yeah. Club said me and Jig were staying. Yeah. I think that was a deal when they got a manager that they had to work with me and Jig. Right, okay. Uh, and Obviously, at the time when, when Lee Clark's came in and he's like, how are you doing, Peter? Because obviously, he was at uh, Huddersfield when I played against him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he's like, oh, where do you live in Glasgow? I said, no, I live in Pontierland, uh, Newcastle. He's like, shut up. He's like, I live there. I went, I know. He went, no, you don't. I said, I live there. He lives like five minutes from Newcastle. We're going to go three minutes. He's like, no way. So the boys used to wind me up and say, listen, I'm Lee Clark's driver. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he says, I'm Lee Clark's driver. That's any ball, buddy. <laughs> and it was it was a good te- it was a good team that was there at the time. Like, no, we had a good team. But Boydie came back in. Uh, oh, Boydie was there with, with Gary uh, Locke. Uh, Boydie was there. We brought in a lot of players from down south. Brought in Sean Longstaff from Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Woodman. Uh, I brought in JJ from Middlesbrough. John Jones. Uh, Gary Dicker was there. We just brought in Alan Power as well. Did you know? Did you know Jordan Jones? Yeah. Yeah, I knew GG, yeah. Obviously at Middlesbrough. Yeah. And, uh, actually Snoddy as well. Robert Snodgrass texted me saying, Peter, fancy looking at JJ. And he sent me clips. I said, I'd know him anyway. He said, he's looking for a club. And I brought JJ in like, for a week's training. And we sent right. him on that. Brilliant. Uh, the Lee, Clark, Lee Clark leaves, he goes to Barry. And Lee McCullough gets a job. Were you surprised that Lee got the job? Or were you delighted? Uh, we spoke about it. They didn't want it. Did he not? No, nah, he wasn't. He said he wasn't ready, and uh, I said, "Listen, whatever you want to do, do you know what I mean?" He said, "I think we we should learn more, uh, like work under another experienced manager." I said, "Listen, whatever you want, but will you get this opportunity again?" Exactly. And he, he thought about it, and and we eventually, I think the board wanted him as well. The board really wanted him, and we and we took it. Maybe we should have brought someone with, like an older head, and with us as well. Yeah, to help us, but recruitment wise, we got it spot on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rory said that Rory McKenzie was on as well. He said it was, he said the tr- some of the players that brought in were pretty good. Yeah, no, the recruitment we got what was decent. We just they just never got we just never got them up and running early on in the season. Like we brought in Burkey, Burkey had, had an illness for like six months before that. Yeah, that's right. Brought in Cut Broadfoot, who never played for Rotherham for about a year. Mm-hmm. Brought in Gordon Greer, who never. No played the full season the year before. 
brought in uh, Lee Irwin, who was catching up in match fitness again. Eamon Brophy, who had an eye infection at the start of the season. So he was out. Do you know what I mean? We, we had the players, Alan Power, his first year in Scottish football. He would try to get him up to speed. We just mm-hmm. brought in the right players. We just couldn't get him going straight away. Mm-hmm. What do you think, can I think went wrong with, with the managerial ring? That, I just think the recruitment was spot. We brought in the right players, Stephen O'Donnell. Every, everything we did was, I think we tried too hard. Right. I think we tried. We honestly, we used to be there to sit. We used to clean the changing room, me and Jig. Really? Sweep the floors, get put new lights in. We used to write quotes on the boards. We used to do a, a match book program for every player, like 12 pages for every player, printing everything. We, we left no stone unturned. We'd done everything we possibly could. And it's not a lack of fear. I think what I know now going to abroad. We should have relaxed a bit more and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And what's Lee McCulloch like as a, as a guy, like, as a brilliant guy? We'd do anything for you. Mm-hmm. If I phoned him now and said, I need you, he would be there. I, it, honestly, lovely guy, loves football, love, it, honestly, loves fitness, loves everything. Honestly, great guy. I'm going to make me a nicer guy. I just wish I was more experienced for him. Yeah. And, or we had someone else just to guide us a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because we did, honestly, we did everything. I remember the game St. Johnson at home. We went 4-4-2 the last 30 minutes. Boyd and Lear went and we're battling them. Honestly, Boyd, he missed a, a good chance. Sorry, I've gone Boyd, he missed a sorry. <laughs> and, uh, dominating, dominating. And O'Halloran scored in the 93rd minute. That's how I remember that. And we lost 2-1. Right. And then that next game becomes harder. And then, and then you play Celtic. And then you play Celtic in the cup. I'm like, oh. So it was tough, do you know what I mean? I, do I think we would have turned it around? Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. think we would. Obviously, I, I asked what he cared, the kit man, with Steve Clark, and I was like, did you do different? And he went, nothing much, Peter. I, he said, you actually probably worked harder. Aye. And maybe that was, I don't know, I don't know. But I, I do, we, we, we worked on, so we were in the office at half time in the morning to sometimes six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do after Kumarna? Uh, reflected what Sheriff United for a little bit scouting Chris pulled me up and said what are you doing I said nothing she said what are you about scouting for me keep you active keep you in the game I said no problem uh, so I've done a bit of scouting in North East and Scotland and done a bit for him and went in and even when I used to get in <laughs> just to, to see him down south he's like get a training car on I said what you can get a training car on go, go and take your strikers do you know what I mean just, just uh, make you go honestly Fantastic for me that way. Uh, so I was, at, I think I was at work for four or five months. Right, okay. And obviously, Dinamo Brest comes up. How did that come about? Just an agent called me. I worked with in uh, England, Christian Smith, who worked for the PFA in England. He said, Peter, I worked with a guy in Ukraine. There's a club in uh, Belarus called Dinamo Brest. They're looking to make a project like European known. Yeah. Uh, looking for European coaches, he said, but they've got a first team, the, the, the squad's assembled, the staff's assembled already, he said, would you go over and work as like a head coach in the, in the B team and look over the academy? So I went over, looked, I said, oh, do you know what? It was like that step from going to Scotland to England as a player, mm-hmm. I wanted to try it, once I've got it in my head, I said, I need, I want to try it, let's go. Did you move the family over? No, they never, they stayed here because of no English schools and... Aye. Nobody spoke English there. 
And what was that like? Did, did you like, was that a big mess not having them with you? Oh, it was hard, man. Right. So hard. The little one, the missus understands why you're doing it. The little one doesn't understand why. Why can you not just get a job here, daddy? Why can you not just work in Tesco, daddy? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, it's hard at times, do you know what I mean? But right. Definitely. Uh, the name I want to touch on, Diego Maradona. <laughs> what happened? What, how, how did that come about and how did you interact with him? What was your dealings with him? Obviously, the president wanted to get the, the name Dinamo Brest as like a European big club and get the name out there. And maybe that's why he, he brought me in to try and get the name in, in UK, Scotland, England, Dinamo Brest, get it circulating around Europe. It was... PR stunt mm-hmm. in a way uh, he came in as honorary chairman uh, it was just after the World Cup in Russia he flew private jet landed and it was as if like the Queen was coming uh, to I, remember, I remember the photos like it was a big parade on a big Hummer uh, honest to God everybody was there. half of you people don't even know who Maradona is you know what I mean but no it was it was surreal Crazy before a game, he's in change room, cuddling everybody, and just you just felt you just felt like he was a good person. You know what I mean? Just love life, enthusiastic with football, and that was nice to me. Were you know all of them? Oh, of course, yeah, of course. Uh, I can't really remember him as a player, right? Uh, I remember I, I watched the documentary I don't know, on Channel Four how he yep. went to Italy and stuff, and don't realise how good a player he was when you see oh, his club. Yeah. <laughs> What a player, but now a very humble guy. Spoke broken Spanish, spoke very fast. Uh, but now it was nice to meet him. Was it just, is it just one of the experiences you'll, you'll remember forever, just interacting with him? Just as I said, like the hand of God. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, like um, you, were, you were still there until the, the kind of current situation kicked off. Like, how was that? How did that all kind of? Happened in Belarus because Belarus still played, didn't they? they well, the coronavirus, you mean? Aye. Yeah, they still played. <laughs> the, the president Lukashenko said uh, just drink vodka and go in a sauna. That was his one. Oh, obviously, he didn't realise how much an impact it was having on the world. He obviously Aye. he thought that Belarus was maybe immune to it, but mm-hmm. it was crazy because I spoke to players and said, oh, he's not well, he's not well. but. Were you, just, uh, were you just desperate to get back home? Yes, in a way. I would, I would want to come back home. And Obviously, the manager had left. They never renewed uh, Marcel's contract, which I found a guy who, myself, lost one game in all season yeah. and won the league for the first time in club's history, got to the Champions League qualifying stage to not renew his contract. And then for me to receive a call saying, like, ah, oh, yeah, you're going to go and coach the kids, which I found a bit strange. Obviously, they were just trying to get me out as well. I had a year left. No. Uh, they were trying everything to get me out. I just wanted to know why. You know what I mean? Like, one more for a new manager coming in and maybe wants his own staff, that's fine. But in the end, they kind of treated me a little bit not nice. Was that a good level? <laughs> Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Oh. Gained mental strength, gained uh, a lot of another language, uh, gained three trophies, uh, opened up doors, met new people, learned different ways of training, how to adapt to things, and yeah, no, it was, it was a great experience for me. 
Mm-hmm. So what would you, what's your kind of plans now? Like, what, do you, what are you kind of wanting to do after, after this kind of dies down? I want to get back in. Uh, I've had a few chats with people uh, abroad again. Uh, as I say, I, I would, I'd like to, I'd like to get back in as soon as possible. Either if it's a number two, or number two, or, or maybe I go and try and be that manager. Hopefully, that I want to be one day. That's it. Uh, it sounds, it sounds really good. It sounds like you could do it. It sounds like you've got the kind of football mind to do, do it and things like that. And you've learned for the best, like Chris Wilder, Dave Mateo, and things like that. Like, yeah, I've, I've learned from a lot. Uh, but in football, for me, it's about recruitment. You need to get recruitment. You yeah. need to get the players in, and you need to have a good staff and it has to be the right the right club and the right fit there's no point in me just taking a job because I'm desperate and then failing and then that's you at the game yeah okay. I'll, look, I'll look at John Hughes <clears throat> John Hughes wow what he did at Inverness and then a few years later he's got Rafe Rovers doesn't do so well and, and he can't get in no I know it's crazy I know I just think it's it's got to be the right move and it's so important to get that Definitely. Are you alright close with some quite fire questions? Just as no we problem. finish up. Brilliant. Who would you say out of your whole career was the best player you played with? I'm gonna go tra- okay. Training with, I'll go two guy. Uh played with uh Didi Haman. Who did you play with him? MK. MK. Who was he like? Was he just different one, one touch. He just played everything in one touch. It was unbelievable. Oh. Just sat there with a cigar in the middle of the park. Really? Yeah. Two guys, well, like, two, you said talk about playing one touch with two guys, like, just a fan, fantastic player to be around. Oh, genius. Honestly, any part of his foot, what a player. What an absolute player. I mean, Rangers never really got the best out of him as well. Like, he went on to Blackburn and done really well, but he was only there yeah. for half a season. Uh, best player you played against? Oh. Larson, but Maravchik was unbelievable. Was it? Maravchik was both footed. Oh, fantastic player, him. Very good player. Uh, Kevin Phillips caused me a lot of problems playing in the hole behind me, just on the shoulders, turning. He was he was incredible as well. So I'd probably say them, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Favourite away ground? Uh, Parkhead. Old fun. Old Firm Derby's are brilliant there. Yeah. Even as it is playing in the Youth Cup, BB Youth Cup finals, gone as a supporter, do you know what I mean? Watching in the telly, it's got to be Parkhead and Rangers are there. Brilliant. Interesting facts about yourself that nobody else would know. Don't drink. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that. I didn't. I'm very surprised at that because I, I thought yeah. that Rangers culture, like I thought that kind of culture of that team would encourage that. Yeah, no, they did, but I, I was always quite, I like to drive. No, the thing is, I don't, I don't like the taste of it, anything. Really? I don't have a Coke or a Pepsi or Iron Brew. I just want to, don't get me wrong, I've, I've had a drink in my career, do you know what I mean? Aye. But I don't like it. I, even like, we sit with the wife and I actually have a glass of wine, I have a, a juice. I just, it's not about, not about like, I was a professional, I, I, I ate junk, do you know what I mean? Aye. I ate, I just could not find anything in alcohol that I liked. Brilliant. Uh, best friend in football? Jimmy Winter. In football. Burke was younger ages. Big Nish is a good friend now. Yeah. 
Brilliant. And finally, the best manager you played under. Well, I got the best out of me with Dean Matteo first year. Matteo. Brilliant. Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on the show, mate. It's been excellent to talk to you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks very much for doing it. Cheers. Take care. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Paul.